Chapter 40 Our Turn to Massacre Them When he left the jungle city, he came upon a small village and saw a group of people near the clean water truck in the town square. Asriel made it to the truck and passed out on the hard ground. When he came through, a woman stood before him. He was in a very modest private dwelling. At first glance, he thought it was a supply shed. After looking further, he saw it was her home. Pending apocalypse and what have you, it was a very decent check. She had treated his wounds, which were minor, after he was miraculously healed by Yadahova. He only had cuts on his feet from walking 30 miles, barefoot and a scrape on his face from when he hit the ground. He was clothed when he woke up. She held a plastic cup in his hands. Water? She asked softly. Yes, Azrael said hoarsely and gulped down the precious fluids. Praise Yadahova, she said aloud. Then she looked at him nervously. I'm sorry, I apologize. You soldiers don't believe in God, do you? She, she added. No, praise God, Azrael said, knowing with confidence there were godlike beings far greater than himself. While he didn't believe Yadhova was God, seeing his awesome power made him believe in the concept of one ultimate supreme being. Did you get the, he began, the mark? The woman answered, no. Many of the resistance has been hiding out here. Resistance? Azrael asked. Yes, we're active members of the Doomsday Prophets, she confessed. You are a soldier, she asked. How did you remove your mark? This is only a certain death. You must have fled the battle pretty quickly. You have no serious injuries, she mentioned. An archangel did it. A little help from the man himself, Azrael replied. Who? she asked. Yadhova Christ. Who else? He told her in a sarcastic tone that led her to believe he was joking. She laughed like he was kidding. I believe you bumped your head in the battle. Perhaps that's how you got that scar, she said, feeling his skull for signs of concussions. You fled the battle on your own? Where, where is everyone else? the woman asked. They're all dead, he explained. That can't be right, she insisted. There are over two billion men fighting. She persisted. Yes, and they're all dead, he told her assertively. There's a lake of blood in the valley of Megiddo. You can paddle a kayak yak through it if you want. He vented. Yadava. He muttered. What was he like? The woman asked. Azrael shuddered. Like something out of my worst nightmare, he assured her. The woman laughed. Again. You received a mighty blow to the head, indeed, little soldier, she said, confirming she could not identify him. She thought he was an injured deserter fleeing the world. She had no idea he was Azrael Augustus, emperor of the world. What's your name? Do you know what day it is? She asked, testing his cognition. He lied, and the only name he could muster was Nero, he said aloud, and regretted it immediately. And today is, um, he pondered to think, because he had been in a coma for years, and he had no reference of the day. Tuesday, he questioned. I don't have the slightest idea, he concluded. It's definitely Sunday, Mr. Nero, she said suspiciously. Some say he was the Antichrist, she leaned into Worcester. But we all know the true Antichrist was, Azrael Augustus, she confessed softly. You are a deserter of the war, yes? She asked the man. 
she thought was Nero? Asriel played into her su- suspicion. Yes, he shook his head. Perhaps you would be open to conversion, she suggested. Tell me more, Asriel requested. If it is as you say, then our Lord and Savior Yahweh Christ has vanquished the Antichrist in his army. By faith, you have survived. This is a sign you are to join our cause, she explained. It's our duty to purge the world of the non-combatants in preparation for the thousand-year reign of Christ, she told Azrael, showing him her weapons cache in a green wooden crate. The woman had several AK-47s and other bolt-action rifles and at least ten pistols. Azrael saw a few glocks mixed with a handful of grenades. She had several green metal cans of ammunition sitting next to the cache. Kill the non-combatants, Azrael thought. Like Yasmin and her child, he corrected himself. Our child, he considered. What do you mean, perch? Azrael asked, playing dumb. I mean, kill them, silly. It's our turn to massacre them, as our lord Yadova has changed the tides of battle, she explained. Yadova killed all the combatants in the Battle of Armageddon, Azrael insisted. The only people left are, on, are unarmed women and children, Nero protested. They are genetical abominations. They corrupted their genes with the Imperial Biometric Interface Mandate. They cannot be permitted to breed, let alone live amongst the faithful, she explained. I'm being rude, she confessed. Here I am, asking you to commit mass murder, and I haven't even introduced myself, the woman admitted. I'm Alga Cross, the founder and leader of the Doomsday Prophets, she spoke. Ever heard of us, soldier boy? she asked. Yeah, Azrael replied. I thought you were hackers, he said casually. We have our roots in cyberstrikes, she admitted. We didn't directly participate or finance the assassination attempt with Kipla, but they did use our software to attack the blockchain, she bragged. Then shortly after, Duke renounced Christ on TV. The true radical Navy SEAL-like believers flocked to the Doomsday Prophet. This is our compound, Helgus said, showing him a view from the doorway. It was a respectable bear base among the mountains. He looked out over the valley and saw 100 desert tan tents, each capable of housing 10 people apiece. This led Azrael to believe their troop strength was at least a thousand men. With his armor and sophisticated weapons, he wouldn't mind those odds. Now he was unarmed and not at his full fighting strength. The only way out was through cunning. Yeah, I'll play, he lied. Excellent, she said, handing him an AK-47 with a smile. Praise God, she, she prayed. I know you would join. You have the mark of the, of the Lord on your forehead. It's the... It's the it's the only scar on your body, she said, pointing to his peculiar, to the particular peculiar scar Yahovah left on his forehead when he healed him. Helga took Azrael to meet the raiding team in a large tent. There were eighty tough-looking warfighter men and women alike, of all ages and color. Most wore civilian clothes, sportswear, underbody armor, and Kevlar helmets. They are planning to raid Mount Amun and kill everyone alive in there. That's him, 
the middle-aged commando in the tan cargo pants barked. That's the fucking Antichrist, the man insisted, reaching for his sidearm. He walked over to him for a better look. You got some plastic surgery and some uncanny prosthetics, the commando said. But it's definitely him, he told Helga. Whoa, watch where you're aiming at, Helga told the man, waving the, waving the gun. That's impossible, Sean, she said, standing between the man she thought was Nero and her comrade pointing the the 50 caliber Desert Eagle. The Antichrist was known to have numerous injuries and prosthetic replacements. This man is completely whole. His face isn't blown off like the devil's was. Believe me, I saw the same resemblance and I ran some tests. There isn't a single metal or polymer bone in his body, let alone any type of computer chip or IBI. The only scar on his body is the mark of our Lord, Yadhova. She said in Nero's defense. Don't you see? Helga asked, pointing to the strange scar on Nero's forehead. Sean holstered his pistol. I don't know what type of fuckery and sorcery healed your scars, but I know a devil when I see one, the man assured Azrael. I'm watching you, pal, the suspicious commando said. They approached the gates of Mount Amun formerly known as God's Temple, with the intentions to drive out and execute all the residents with the mark of the beast. Now it's our turn to slaughter them, Helga told the passengers on the bus. The hit squad cheered as they approached the former temple. Weapons hot, she ordered as she lock-loaded around into her Kalishnikov. The raiding team echoed and they loaded their weapons. They they have the vehicle bollards up to protect against car bombs. Ah, Helga pointed out. Looks like we have to dismount and hump the rest of the way on foot. She instructed as the driver parked the bus. The team deployed and headed towards the pedestrian gates in Mount Amun. Double time, Helga yelled, and she pumped her fist in the air. This was the command and hand and arm signal to pick up the pace and jog to the objective. Sean ran beside the man, pretending to be Nero. No scars, no IBIs or prosthetics, Sean asked, Nero expanding his suspicion. Maybe you're a clone of the Emperor, he suggested with scrutinizing eyes. News got out that the First World Order had experimented with clones in the past. Whatever, man, Azrael repeated his mantra for dealing with haters as he jogged with the 80-man formation to their objective. They approached the space-scraping fortified temple palace. The colossal centurion statues moved from their standing positions to kneel in the presence of their emperor. The robot statues had facial recognition and they identified Azrael and acted accordingly. Greeting, Omnius Amen, Lord and Emperor, the statue said in deep, bellowing voices. I fucking knew it, the suspicious commando said, raising his weapon to fire at Azrael. The robot statue cut down Sean with a series of high-velocity laser bolts. The static post robots were designed to stop vehicles attempting to run barriers, so the bolts left holes in Sean's body. The diameter of telephone poles. The twin robot statues adjusted their fire and assaulted the rest of the kill squad. Azrael dropped his AK-47 and picked up the plasma rifle the suspecting commando wielded. He took the carnage in for a moment and began to jog the quarter mile to the building. Good eye, Sean, 
Maxwell said, taking the weapon from the dead man. Sean had a huge hole seared in his chest, and his head hung by a thread of flesh to his laser-burnt, disfigured body. Thanks, gents, he nodded to the robots guarding the city before he headed through the gates to the walkway. There were quite a few zombies on the pedestrian path to Mount Amun. Although the robots cleared the hordes, they kept respawning and filling in the gaps. All able-bodied robots were deployed to the Battle of Armageddon and destroyed. Besides the gladiator statues guarding the entrance, the walkway to Mount Amun had no security. The dead were crawling out of every side street that connected to the central walkway. Asriel picked them off with his blaster if they crossed his path. A group of four zombies strode towards him with the enthusiasm of a snail. He blasted them with hot blue searing plasma and they fell to the ground on top of each other. He hopped over to Powell and kept moving. Asriel didn't mind the slow zombies in moderation. To some extent he found it therapeutic, vanquishing the endless walking dead. He checked his six in response to the sound of fast moving steps. Not slow, sluggish zombies, but full on sprinting from a group of runners. Holy shit, Azrael cursed to the sight of charging horror. The zombies are running? <laughs> he wondered as he quickened his pace. They're moving like the turbo ghouls from lesser heaven. He shrouded as he turned to fire behind him at the race of fast-moving flesh-eaters. Om- that only slowed him down, and the loser of this race was Zombie Chow. There are at least 40 sprinting super-zombies, less than 20 yards away. Azrael fired 10 more fetal shots before he dropped the heavy plasma blaster and sprinted to the limitations of his body. He didn't have a battle suit to boost his strength and speed. He was relying exclusively upon his will and physical prowess. The ravishing super ghouls were less than 10 meters in closing. Azrael could almost see the entrance to the ground floor. The howling dead were upon him. Several managed to jump in front of him. Motherfuckers, he cursed, drawing the Glock 19 from his shoulder holster. He pointed plank greens, but they moved fast. He shot the animated corpse of teenage boy in the face two times before it stopped moving. He turned and shot a bearded zombie who was charging his flanks. The first shot blew a line off his hair with the top of his head, exposing his skull and brains. The greys didn't face undead man, and he continued his high-speed pursuit with lashing arms. Azrael jumped aside as the man lunged with snapping, dislocated jaws. Azrael fired three times into the dead man's face, burning the flesh with powder because he was so close to the flash. The sap croup was tight and left a huge hole in the dead man's face. He fell still as more and dead stepped up to play. The zombie corpse of a young girl charged at him with feasting eyes. He fired a glock with a jam. God damn it, he spat as he slapped the bottom of the magazine before pulling the slide back. The dirty round fell out and another round stepped up for duty. Please fire, please fire, please fuck, he screamed as the gun malfunctioned again. He pistol whipped the little zombie and knocked the bottom of her jaw off. It hung by a thread as she still attempted to snap at Azrael's leg. The magazine broke and the bullets fell to the ground with a pile of bodies. Azrael threw the gun at the chair charging cool, the barrel clunked him in the nose, but did not slow his pursuit. The little zombie with the missing lower jaw was still active. He drew his combat knife from his belt 
on his back and stabbed her in the eye and twisted the blade. He sidestepped as he stabbed her again in the temple before charging the ghoul. He smote the glock. Get some, you sons of whores, he shouted as he kicked the, the ghoul in the face. Though superfluous, the zombie detached his lower jaw and prepared to feast. Be here all day, he said, watching the zombies encircle him. He scanned for an opening and rushed and roll. He drove between the legs of an entrenching zombies, huddled, and quickly rolled aside. This confused the lurching dead, and they dove upon each other in frenzy. Asriel sprung to his feet and ran ten meters to the main entrance of the ground floor. The facial scanners recognized him as a thick polycarbonite door slid open. Asriel ran inside and turned to watch the door close on the arm of a resting zombie. The arm was severed and continued to twitch while the undead owner and the mob of super zombies banged on the door with overwhelming force. Thank you.